Welcome. Hi, my name's my Dr. Name's Warwick Dr. Bishop. Warwick I'm a cardiologist, and welcome to my podcast and, and a keynote station. speaker. I'm CEO As always, thank of you so much the Healthy Heart Network. I'm all about trying to help people live as well as possible I'm for as long as possible. Heart disease is huge in Australia. Every 20 minutes, someone suffers a heart attack. Most of these could probably have been avoided if only we knew what to do. This podcast is all about helping you understand blood pressure, weight, cholesterol, for better health. If you enjoy this podcast, I would be honoured for a five-star review. You can share it with your family and friends. It may well save someone you love. Now, I don't want to go into specific details because that's not really the point, but I do want to share some generalities. This particular podcast was hosted by a sports scientist person, someone who had good credentials in the sporting arena. And this particular podcast was an interview between the uh, podcast host and, in fact, one of their lecturers from university days. Now, let's refer to the uh, university lecturer as the lecturer. Now, the lecturer must have been in his 60s or thereabouts. There wasn't a mention of age, but it would be hard for this individual to not be somewhere around 60. Importantly, both these individuals are really well qualified, in fact, highly qualified in their area of specialty. And in no way do I want to diminish the value of the podcast or the podcast series in respect of that. What I would like to do is offer some feedback on what was discussed on this podcast and how it's so important that we take what we hear in appropriate context. Well, the lecturer in conversation, went on to say that he had reluctantly gone to get a coronary artery calcium score. Now, one could quite easily argue that that would mean that people who are listening, who were reluctant to get a coronary calcium score, could uh, empathise and perhaps through that go on and get their own calcium score because for the lecturer, the score turned out to be very high and turned out that it was also a very high calcium score percentile, which meant for his age and for his sex, he was really at the upper extremes of what might be expected across a population. So the lecturer went on to say that they'd found this incredibly disappointing and quite confusing because they had been very avid exercises, in fact, an endurance athlete over many, many years, and even from childhood, in fact, had eaten good food, not been overweight, good blood pressure, no diabetes, minimised sugar consumption. Except there was a family history, and this was played down. And there was no mention of lipid profile, which... I thought was fairly interesting and similarly no mention about age. So when someone says I've got a terrible calcium score but no risk factors, there has to be something underlying it. And to say you've got no risk factors is somewhat misappropriating the origin and process of the problem. 
Firstly, this male was over 60 years of age, so there's going to be calcium in the arteries by probability. The fact that it was in the higher range, well, that is often related to genetics, but it may not be. And to have a conversation about plaque in the arteries without even mentioning cholesterol is really missing some major discussion points in the process of the condition. So, for whatever reasons, the lecturer then went on to say that they undertook their own journey in this quest for more knowledge and understanding, and over several years came to the conclusion that the underlying problem was that of inflammation. Now, at this stage, I was starting to think, how does someone who's not really across medical speak, or really across the most up-to-date literature, deal with this sort of summation of the situation? And how does inflammation of the body come about, and what does it really mean? Well, the lecturer wanted to suggest that their particular efforts in exercise, and in particular their endurance exercise, had played a major role in driving the inflammation within the coronary arteries, suggesting that exercise itself drove inflammation throughout the body. Well, as far as my understanding goes, the last time I checked, inflammation could be driven by a number of different things. And one of the things that was likely to reduce inflammation was actually exercise. So a little bit of a confounder, actually, in terms of proposed mechanisms by this lecturer of sports science, not a cardiologist. I would then put as a question, why, if we're getting inflammation throughout the body, why does it seem to be, for this patient, focused on the coronary arteries? And why is it not all of the arteries affected evenly, homogeneously, and equally, when we know, and in this particular lecturer's situation, he'd received a stent, a single stent, when we know that the process of coronary artery disease is, in fact, a focal process, and therefore cannot be an equal distribution of a risk factor throughout an arterial tree. There's something in a specific spot that leads to a narrowing in that location, and not evenly throughout the arteries. Otherwise, we would drop dead. It makes no sense if you think it through. The conclusion from this lecturer was that the inflammation from his exercise was the culprit for his coronary artery disease. I'll give you a moment to think about that. The conclusion was that this person had exercised so much that they'd given them coronary artery disease. I'll let you reflect on whether you think that really is a likely cause. I'm going to put to you that I don't think it is. I think that's absolute rubbish and bollocks. And if we could have people exercising an enormous amount, we would almost eradicate coronary artery disease within this country. And in fact, if we could do it broadly throughout the world, I don't think we'll see that. What's really <laughs> troubling for me is there was no comments about other things that could drive significant elevation of calcium within the arteries. Even the most simple things like risk factors around cholesterol. Well, what was his LDL cholesterol? 
for example? What was his HDL cholesterol, for example? Things that the average man on the street would be able to relate to. One of the cholesterol particles that we talk about these days as a recognized risk factor is lipoprotein A. Now this is like the so-called bad cholesterol, LDL cholesterol, that is a bit more aggressive in its approach. And this can be tied to people who have significant propensity to put calcium in their arteries. There wasn't a mention about vitamin D, homocysteine, or really even blood pressure for that matter. So <laughs> I felt compelled to do this podcast and share with you what I believe is an enormous frustration I have that people at times will like to share what they believe they know with a good intent and with a desire to help. But it's not right. It's wrong. And this particular lecturer on this particular podcast probably should have stayed in his own lane and be more interested in asking questions rather than suggesting mechanisms in a process that we don't fully understand. I would be one of the first to admit that the complexity of coronary artery disease is way beyond my understanding, but that's from a position of knowing an awful lot about it and being in contact and close quarters with some of the world leaders in the space and they don't fully understand the process. It is more complicated than increasing exercise leads to inflammation, leads to coronary artery disease. That is a sadly and concerningly and misdirected simplification of the facts. Let me add a couple of other bits in there. Remember, when we look at people with plaque, we actually find that calcium can act as a stabilizer. So sometimes increasing calcium scores may actually be telling us that the fatty plaque that's within the, or the fatty plaque within the plaque, the fatty uh, cholesterol dominant component of the plaque is being converted to a calcific component of the plaque and that calcific component of the plaque is less likely to rupture, less likely to be inflamed in fact. We actually know that endurance athletes will on average show higher levels of calcification within their arteries compared to an age matched equivalent population and why is that? Well they probably put fatty uh, material cholesterol into their arteries but because of their exercise go on and stabilize it. So they have potentially the same amount of plaque in their arteries as the age matched equivalent, but because of their exercise, that plaque has been stabilized, therefore their calcium score is higher. I even came across a paper recently which confirmed that very high intensity exercise led to increased calcification with the arteries even over and above high intensity exercise alone, meaning that that very high intensity leads to wear and tear within the arteries, leading to the process of fat deposition for repair, leading to subsequent calcification and stabilization because that individual's exercised at a high degree and the environment of exercise leads to stabilization of plaque. So there you go, some of my comments based on the suggestions about plaque and exercise 
from this podcast, you've now got my take on it. Well, I listened to a bit more of this podcast and I have to say the next bit as it occurred was the bit that made me turn it off. The lecturer was asked by the podcast host to tell him about the Widowmaker. Now, the lecturer was happy to oblige and started to talk about rhythm disturbance within the heart, leading to sudden death, Widowmaker being the term given to, obviously, men who die young. And suddenly, of course, the Widowmaker is not a primary electrical problem at all. In fact, this is misleading. The Widowmaker is related to plaque, to coronary artery disease. And the Widowmaker term used by cardiologists is the term to describe a plaque or a lesion or a blockage or a narrowing at the very beginning of the left anterior descending artery, the artery that runs down the front of the heart. So, Widowmaker is not a primary electrical problem. It's primarily a coronary artery disease problem. Of course, blocked arteries can lead to electrical problems and sudden cardiac death by definition is a chaotic rhythm of the heart. But a Widowmaker is a lesion in the left anterior descending artery. I could talk about this for over 300 podcasts. Goodness, I already have. But what I do want to finish on is, at times, you have to be so careful about what you listen to. The very reason I started sharing podcasts and sharing information is I became frustrated at the sound bites of information that people were getting and the misleading information that people were being offered. Well, this particular situation, two highly qualified individuals in their field should probably stay in their lane. Well, I don't want to sound like I was too cranky or a grumpy old man, but I really, really think it's important that people be given the best possible information to allow them to live as well as possible for as long as possible. And with that, I am going to wish you the very best. Take care and bye for now. Join the Healthy Heart Network and become part of our growing community. If you're interested in your heart health and risk of heart attack, then join the Healthy Heart Network for only $5 as a lifetime member. This represents $55 worth of value. We offer and help people understand their present state of heart health what their current level of risk is and the positive steps they can take to improve their risk of heart attack in the future. Go to www.healthyheartnetwork.com.au and click the join the family button.